Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Freedom Entrepreneur Podcast, the ultimate destination for all you freedom seekers out there who are yearning to break free from the chains of a traditional job and create an online business that allows you to live life on your terms. Get ready to unlock the secrets of online business, digital marketing, and be inspired by incredible interviews with those who are already living the dream. And now, please join us in welcoming your host, Lindsay Sutherland, a high-performance business consultant and a true advocate of the laptop lifestyle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. And today, we have an exciting episode for you. This is one that I know so many of you have been waiting for. We're talking about YouTube. Now, how many of you are out there listening to this thinking about your content strategy? Should you be on YouTube? Should you not be? Maybe you've already decided that YouTube is for you, but you're just not sure what's the next steps to take. This episode, I've got an amazing guest for you. His name is Matt King. He is the king, or excuse me, his name is Matthew Hughes, and he is the king of video. I love how those two tie together, though. That was a pretty good <laughs> slip up. <laughs> he started in 2013, his video company that ran for, he ran for seven years, creating video, traveling around the world and working with clients from you know one-man brands all the way through billion-dollar companies. Fast forward to 2019, he created the King of Video brand to help small business owners like you confidently create consistent video content that connects with your audience. So I'm excited to have him here today because we're going to talk about YouTube. And we kind of got started talking about Mr. Beast, who I think a lot of people kind of idolize as the uh, YouTube king in a sense, but we're going to reverse that thinking today because we're going to specifically talk about what Mr. Beast is wrong about, right? It's a little bit controversial, but it's going to be really worth your time. So stick around. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm really delighted to be here and it's great to come and talk to you, to hear that you were having trouble finding a YouTuber and I'm glad to be here and, and represent, especially as I'm in the zone at the moment, because in, in a couple of weeks time, don't know when this will air, but for me in a couple of weeks time, I'm going to Vid Summit, which is the biggest YouTube conference in the world, the best one really. Mm-hmm. Where is that going to be held? <clears throat> uh, it's in Dallas, Texas. Okay. You'll be stateside. How fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, I'm just grateful to dive in. You know, we were talking a little bit about some of the things that we we hear on from Mr. Beast as far as like creating amazing videos and like some of the sound bites you were saying are really great in some respects, but also totally contradictory. So would you elaborate on that? Yeah. So I think I think this is about sound bites in general, but you know, whilst we're talking about YouTube, like when you see these sound bites and they come from a podcast just like this, right? You can take them out of context because what we were talking about is the fact that Mr. Beast talks about quality over quantity. I think I think that's the main thing. He'll talk about things like we'll take two weeks on a video because we really want to get it right and we don't need to have a schedule where we publish every week or anything like that. But that's the quote that you hear. And of course, it gets a lot of views on TikTok and various platforms because it's Mr. Beast. But what you also hear, or maybe you don't hear it so often anymore, is what Mr. Beast used to talk about was the fact that it it takes 200 bad videos before you start creating good ones. So when I'm talking to clients about YouTube now, I'm like, look, just get started. You know, we, we get so much in our head about whether it should be good quality and all that kind of stuff. But actually, the process of getting started is is more important than anything else. Hey, Pie Tribe, have you gotten your ticket out of the rat race yet? I'm talking about the free guide 
five ways to earn $5,000 a month with passive income that could be yours right now. All you need to do is text the word PIE, P-I-E, to 33777 and get your copy today. Yes, definitely. How So when we're talking about getting started then, are you telling us that we got to just plan on making 200 videos to start? Or is there some sort of like, you know? So yeah, this so this is how I also also disagree. I hate disagreeing with someone who's, who's probably the biggest YouTuber in the world right now. But he talks about this 200 videos. And what I say is if you're strategic from the start, then you can cut that 200 down to maybe 50. You know, it could be a quarter of that. The The reason why he says 200 is it took him like six or seven years to get to, to a, a large number of, of subscribers. And you don't need to take that long. If you're strategic with it, if you have a plan up front, he probably didn't have in the first three or four years and wasn't really thinking about it being a full-time thing. Um, but if you're strategic with it, then you absolutely can accelerate that journey and you can make money even as quick as three months. You know, you can start making money on YouTube. Uh, I know some people have, have done it faster than that, but I would say that's kind of an average time depending on what your business is. I really like that you said that because what I find a lot, like with a lot of people I talk to is they're so focused on the virality. I need to go viral. And unfortunately, I agree with you that I don't think that virality is what we should be aiming for. I mean, there is a way to build an engaged audience that can convert much sooner than your first viral video. And often viral videos don't even convert into sales. Like they just, they're just flashy <laughs> and they make us yeah. feel good, but they don't always actually result in something. So let's dive into that a little bit more. Like if we were talking to somebody who's just about to get started in, in YouTube land, what are some like maybe three things that they need to be thinking about? Uh, the first thing I would think about is is your audience, your viewer. You know, people talk about their niche and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, largely I'm dealing with businesses and I think it's fair to say you're you're in the same boat. So I'm not really talking about vloggers, I'm not talking about lifestyle channels, that kind of thing. I'm really talking about businesses, people that have products and services. Uh, they're often the kind of people that get lost when it comes to to YouTube. So I think you know what your products and services, you know what your niche is or niche. And so then you've got to start thinking about the viewer. What What is the viewer of and your customer, your ideal customer, prepared to watch when it comes to your content? And, and, the, and the easiest way to do that is to go and do your research, go and watch some stuff. You know, it's amazing how many times I ask people wanting to start on YouTube, how much YouTube do they watch? And they say, oh, not much at all. I don't, I don't really go on YouTube. I'm like, well, why do you want to start? Why do you want to even get on there? I know it's a great platform to get on there. Well, then there. you've got to start consuming some content on there as well. All right. So that's, that's the one thing is think about your ideal viewer. What are they prepared to watch? And the second thing then is to have a plan. So I talk just like a podcast, Lindsay, I don't know if you did this when you started, but how many episodes did you have created before you started your podcast, before you launched it? Do you remember? I remember it was like four or five. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So that's exactly the the sort of strategy that I say to people is I say like, when you create your first channel and you create, and you're thinking about the content, like create a plan and maybe have like 12 to 24. So if you're publishing once a week, that's three to six months worth of content and then film and have that bank of four to five ready at the start. So you've got yourself a little bit of a buffer as you go and produce the rest. So podcasts and YouTube channels, they're so well aligned uh, that the, the process generally is, is the same. So 
thinking about your audience, thinking about a plan, and then and then just doing it, you know, just creating the content, you know, not not overcom overcomplicating it, not overthinking things. Like it's so he- easy to get in our heads that you just have to create something, not worry about lighting, cameras, all that kind of stuff. Like you, you know, you can pay attention to that stuff, and it is important. I won't, I won't um, play it down. But if you, if you've got a phone, a modern day mobile phone, cell phone, do you still call them cell phones in the US, or is it? Well, I do. Oh, I, okay. okay. I'm also, you know, Good. an 80s kid, so maybe that's why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm an 80s kid as well. And I, I think whether you've got a cell phone, then mobile phone, that's that's of the last few years, you've got everything you need in your hands. Like never before did we have so much technology in our hands. And so you can just start a channel from your mobile phone. And I know people that have had 100,000 subscribers and they've done everything from filming, editing, publishing, promoting, all from the mobile phone. Mm-hmm. almost the video quality is almost better on the on the mobile phone than even a webcam and that's something i, oh, I yeah. thought of like we could talk about that because a lot of the people that watch this they're they're content creators or coaches yeah they're maybe using like zoom or descript and so you get that you, you don't always get that high quality even though like you're saying just get it out there it's so simple yeah. to just use your phone instead and up your quality, but you're doing the same amount of work. Like you don't have to buy this high tech video camera equipment. Yeah. Sometimes less work using your phone to do this stuff. What, you know, when I first started doing it and, and mobile phones were not necessarily as good quality as they were now, I'd get people to buy the same sort of setup that I've got right now. And it's like a standalone camera, lighting, microphone, all that kind of stuff. And the problem was, is that people get so they lose energy, you know, they're setting all this stuff up and they, they'll go, right, I'm going to film everything on a Saturday. I'm going to start setting all my equipment up. By the time they've set it all up and it's all ready, they're so low energy because it's taken so much. They're so frustrated with the tech. So if you think all you need really is a tripod, something like a Osmo Mobile, DJI, Os- DJI Osmo Mobile, or just some simple, you know, $20 tripod from Amazon, and your mobile phone that's it that's such an easiest setup to get started and going than having all this this fancy equipment and and you know just out the box the quality is just so so good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so what about then like the editing side of it I mean that honestly I'll be I'll be really truly honest that's what kept me from doing YouTube for so long was I thought yeah oh. I don't even want to deal with editing because I didn't know what it was involved into it. It just assumed that it was going to be this like giant project. And some people really love it. Like they, my son, he can geek out on that all day long, but me, I'm just like, my eyes want to cross, you know, like, I don't even want to do it. What do you say to people? Like if that's their hurdle to get started. So there's two things you can do and it's a, it's a decision, but largely it could be a decision that's out of your hands as well. So if you're a solopreneur, you're just getting started in business, you've not got much funds, then using something like Descript, you mentioned it before, Descript is by far my favorite tool. You can edit on there, you can create the transcripts, you can uh, repurpose your content, create beautiful looking social media content as well from there. So Descript is kind of the first place I say to start. And of course, there's a free version and then it goes up to like $12 a month or something like that. So yeah, definitely. And and the learning curve for that is not huge. You know, you can just get started. You can drag your files on there and suddenly you start to figure it out. Beyond that, the first thing I say 
you know most youtubers should outsource is their editing unless of course they're a you know professional ed- editor or something like that but outsourcing ed- editing now you can go onto fiverr and get a, a video edited for like five dollars a minute a minute of you know outputted content and you could get a video editor on a on staff you know and have like a part-time editor we've got a couple of editors in our team now that do that they're, they're not full-time they're still part-time but they don't cost us a, a massive amount of money and they're very talented people and what i always say to people even when i had the video company like the the key to this is editing or or the power is in the edit of course the footage has to be of a reasonable quality at the start but the edit is where you can really make things look beautiful you can keep people's attention you can move the screen around move move the shot and all that kind of stuff so if you can outsource that stuff and, and get someone else to do it that's where you will definitely win and you just won't have that pain that you described you know that trepidation of oh my god i'm going to film this 10 minute video but it's going to take me 10 hours to edit it because i'm a per- perfectionist you know so true so true that's great advice you know and a little power tip too one of my one of my clients has done which i thought was pretty creative is he got an intern somebody who wants to be a video editor but is like just finished school so he's giving him like full creative authority over his content which is great for that guy cuz he's going to get a portfolio so that's another way to, if you're in that in-between where you can't really hire the team, you could try to find a video. And there's so many young people looking for that opportunity. Yeah. And just, you know, a VA as well, you know, hopefully whatever size business you've got, you, you getting a VA to sort of outsource some of your, your low ticket tasks, getting them to edit in script. My VA will do my podcast. We do it with the podcast we're launching soon as well is of course we videoed it for youtube and she's editing those videos i don't need my my main editors to do it because it's an interview style like this we have a format we've agreed on the format i could just say just take out all the ums and ums and then make it look good and add the the transcription to it as well and then away we go and and she is relatively relatively cheap in the grand scheme of things so yeah just use use your team use the people that are appropriate that can try and help you do this stuff as well Yeah. And I'm on your website, guys, listening to this. He's got some really great videos, like how to film high quality video with your, with your phone, like things we just talked about. He can like show you on his, on his video, on his uh, website. So I'm going to just plug your website really quick right now. So if people want to check it out, it's kingofvideo.co.uk. Really great content right there. Now, what's the third power? So we talked about recording and just getting started. We talked a little bit about editing. What's the third power tip to help people just get that launched? The third power tip is is like the inner work, right? Think about the inner work. So, um, uh, heart, the big one of the biggest challenges when you're creating content is you're standing out above everybody else, and you're saying, "Hey, look at me! <laughs> I'm prepared to be the person that's going to start in whatever industry, right?" And I've had every kind of industry in in the world tell me that they cannot stand there because even though they're an expert they're not a YouTuber. You know, I'm not a YouTuber. I don't have the clothes or I don't, I've not created prime, you know, sold that around the world. Like I'm just an accountant, you know? So don't let that, you've got to do this inner work to understand that. In fact, a guy said to me, and I don't know if this is, he's read this from a a professional development book, but he said to me, he said, Matt, are you an expert? I said, yes. He said, what happens when you die with all the knowledge that you've got in your brain? And I said, well, you know, go to the grave, that's it. And he said, well, then you owe it to the world to share that knowledge. Like how selfish of you to take that knowledge with you to the grave. And that that 
the, the thinking behind that and thinking about all the experience, all the trials and tribulations in the in the two careers I've had made me really motivated to go and make sure that I share my content in, in with the world. And, you know, I've got the same hangups about my forehead, my weight, my teeth, all the kind of things that everybody has. So, you know, you've got your own insecurities, but I just know that if I stood in front of somebody and we were talking about something, they'd see my passion, they'd see I'm excited about it and they'd want to learn, learn from me and my expertise. So I've got to do it. I owe it to the world to go and share this. And, and so if you can get into that kind of mindset, whatever your expertise, then know there's an audience out for you. And I've seen every kind of topic that you can think of and there's always an audience for it because mm-hmm. we're weird. So true. So true. Actually, I love what you just said because I forgot about that being such a thing. When I was very first getting started in my business, I started helping people with speaking on camera just because I had the gift for public speaking and whatever. But I was surprised because it's been so long since I started with public speaking. I already been past the whole, like, what do I look like thing? You you forget, right? When I started podcasting, I became so hypercritical of myself again, because as I was editing my content, it's just me and the content. And I'm like, oh man, why do I say that? Or listen to me. I just, you know, all these things where I just want to delete and start over because I'm like, talked myself out of it. And then if I reverse that thinking and remember, like if I was sitting in front of somebody, I'm not going to analyze myself like that. It's, it's, you just have to put yourself in that position of where you're like, if I'm talking to somebody on the street, I'm not thinking about my voice and how I sound or my funny laugh or my quirky tics that are driving me crazy because I'm now dissecting it on my content. (laughs) Just put it past you because it's just who we are. Everybody sees it every single day and nobody says anything. They still love us. Like we just got to keep moving forward. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And and I there's two things that happened recently to me that I was just writing them down so I didn't forget. Two things that happened to me recently. One is having a child who's 16 now. She has started to think about side hustles and, and she, she's gone into the world of work and she realizes that she gets paid peanuts and she's like, surely there's a better way. And, and so we started to talk about Etsy and all that kind of stuff. And when you speak to kids who have never done this stuff. And I, I, you, when you said about public speaking, it made me think about it. Like you forget what the basics are because you're so far in it. And this is why I, we talked about Mr. Beast before, you know, Mr. Beast is fine now because he's got producers. He doesn't have to come up with ideas anymore. He's got a team of producers that does it. He doesn't have to do his thumbnails. He's got a team that does his thumbnails. Like he has to show up and deliver to the brief in the, in the show that they've created the video they've created. So when you're speaking to kids, like they ask you the basic questions, the simple questions, and, and then you remember, oh, I've got to cover all of these things. So then when you translate that to the business world and you think about people coming into your industry, like I ask people all the time, just give me some of the basic questions you get asked all the time. Lindsay, you'll do it in coaching and stuff, right? You you ask them and you think, oh my God, I must have said this a thousand times. Why is this the case? And I'll just tell everybody to go and create those videos first, like answer those questions and put them on YouTube. Because mm-hmm. because when people come and ask you those questions, you can just send them to your YouTube channel. Like how amazing would they think you are if you've created all this free free content online and you've answered their question? And don't worry, they're not going to go, well, they've created the free content. I, I don't want to give you any money. It's right. the opposite. They have like this reciprocity stuff that's going on. They credit you 
in their brain, consciously and subconsciously, for helping them move through that hurdle, whatever that might be. And so you can give it all the way this, all this stuff. And they'll just say, oh my God, if Lindsay's prepared to give me all that stuff for free, what else has she got? Mm. What else is she going to show me? You know, how else can we go? How far can we go with this stuff? And then the second thing that I thought of is comments. When you talked about like, you create the podcast and you, you, pulling yourself apart a little bit when you do it because and everybody does it it's really hard especially this is another reason why it's great to outsource your editing because they're not emotional about what you look like they just crack on with it anyway <laughs> but what happens is and I've done this I had this video and I, I hated it I really didn't like it there was something some technical thing wrong with it and I was like oh I need to do it again but it was like a half an hour video and I just I couldn't bring it in me to to re-record it I put it out there and I got a comment, I very rarely get comments, but I got a comment from someone that said, oh my God, Matt, this is exactly what I needed right now. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of thing where you're like, damn, what if I did not put it out? That person wouldn't have got that when they needed it. And so just, again, just if you're listening and you're thinking about this stuff, like this is why you're needed in the world. And, and again, regardless of your industry and your expertise. Oh, so true. So good. And you know what? There are going to be the comments that are negative and hurtful, but yeah. I think my opinion of those are that this is more about that person than of you. And when we just have that mindset, you know, we can just bless and release. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> just thank them. You know, anyone that engages with you, a guy I know, Austin, he, he talks about all engagement is good engagement. So he will purposely make mistakes in his videos in order for people to troll him, basically. And so you've you got to keep us on yeah, the show. Yeah. yeah. Austin Armstrong, yeah. So, yeah. and and you've got to have like strong shoulders. You've got to, you've got to be able to bear that when it comes towards you. But like for me, I just thank them for their time and attention, and usually that will break anyone down, or or just play with it as well. You know, if you're prepared to play with it, say, "What do you mean? I didn't spot that mistake. Can you tell me where it was?" And just keep the engagement going because it's going to be great for the algorithm. You know. Yeah, that's the thing. I I'm glad you mentioned him because he was talking about how he like went blew up on he was primarily on tiktok like when he was on the show our our episode was called like how to make passive income with tiktok and then he's been experimenting with how to like get going on all these other channels and that was his big thing was specifically doing something wrong just to troll the trolls that's a nice little hack strategy that people could take away like if you're if you've got the shoulders for it and you're okay or maybe you're not in such a professional role because i know some people they're like maybe attorneys or doctors or whatever they don't that's not really don't want to make mistakes yeah but, sure you know to make those little flubs on, on purpose just to get people to comment and outtakes is another really good um, thing i see people yes. do that like stick around for the outtakes you know it's fun to stick around and watch those things so yeah yeah yeah. and and that that stick around business is is really important you know a lot of the times uh, certainly as as a marketer and and as marketers when I, I speak to other marketers about it we're like we know the strategy we know the tactics we know what they're trying to do we know what know why everything ends in a seven like we get all of these kind of things but the general public, the audience that you you, you maybe you try, even if you're B2B, there's, there's still general public, I guess. They don't necessarily know the tactics. And so the troll in the troll idea is, is really great in it. And I think, you know, stick around for the outtakes. There's YouTubers that have perfected that so much that it means that your retention on your videos is longer. Like that's that's where you're really being strategic. This is not an accident. And there was a guy, uh, when I went to VidSummit last, they showed that he put a weird noise, I think, at the end of the video. I don't know if it was a TikTok or whether it was YouTube. 
but it was just a weird noise. Every single video is a different noise. And so people just stuck around to listen to see what the noise would be today. Like that is just completely genius. Mm-hmm. So, so this is what you've got to look at. When, when you start creating the videos, you're putting them out there. Like I, I get my, my clients, the people that work with me directly to just look for this stuff. Like what is it about the video in whatever industry that you're watching that made you stay and watch till the end there's something in there that kept your attention pay attention attention to that stuff and you will win will win for sure oh that is so true i think every good marketer uses themselves as an experiment yeah i mean that's how we reverse we get like good at it because we're like oh well how did that make me feel okay what would that do for my audience you know and to have that third-party perspective and then to look at each piece of content like that as a, as an experiment essentially you know and what can you do better what could you do different next time and just start implementing it a little bit each time that's how you go I mean this is such a good conversation I love it so tell me a little bit about your company how can people connect with you and what what do you do for people so I am king of video as you mentioned that is my personal brand website so you'll find links to everything from there I have a YouTube community, so it's youtubecommunity.co.uk. And that is open to anybody that's thinking about getting into YouTube or content creators. And then I've got like programs. So I've got an accelerator, boot camp, and a few other little bits and bobs that you can come and work directly with me if you can stand my face and my voice, because we meet every week. So (laughs) you have to be part of that stuff in order to sit there and listen and and share. And we keep those groups really small as well. So you kind of get put on a cohort of people, a group of people and work with them for up to eight weeks to, to get your channel going. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you for joining the show. This was an uh, excellent episode. Just really, hopefully we'll get people to take action. Guys, listen, if you've been on the fence about starting a YouTube channel, now's the time. Video's not going away. It's just not. It's part of life now. And we just are going to embrace it. We're just to stay with me. I'm embracing video. (laughs) And we're going to jump in and we're going to build our channel. And you can do that with the king of video, Matt Hughes. Thanks so much for joining us, Matt. There is. Thanks very much, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode of the Freedom Entrepreneur Podcast, make sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and share the podcast with your fellow freedom seekers. Together, we'll inspire and empower countless individuals to live life on their own terms.